Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Community, a podcast that shares stories about the power of communities worldwide, online and offline, told by their builders and their members. I am Denise Henkel. I'm a professional community builder and manager since 10 plus years and I have always been an engaged member of communities for as long as I can think. Why did I start this podcast? Let me share a little bit of my personal story with you to explain it. I grew up in a small village in the former German Democratic Republic behind the Iron Curtain. The wall came down when I was seven years old and everyday life changed quite a bit after that. I went on to study in Bavaria and after I finished my studies in 2008, I didn't quite know what to do with my life. All I knew was that I could speak English very well and I loved being around people. I was already an active member in the couchsurfing community back then and while living in a shared flat in Munich I hosted quite a fair amount of people without asking my flatmates first but luckily they didn't mind. So I needed to find a job and all I had was English speaking skills and a lot of hobbies that made me a member of many communities. One of them was video games. That's how I ended up taking on a job as a customer support representative in a video gaming company in Dublin. During the first two weeks of our training, all the other departments had been introduced to us. And one of them was the department of community management. I had never heard about that before. But when they told us what they were doing, I thought, wait a second, my hobby is a profession? And in that moment, I knew what I wanted to do for the rest of my professional life. So that was in 2008. And I went on from managing video games communities to product development communities and telecommunication communities. And the last community I managed was an adult dating site. Communities have come a long way since back in 2008. Communities are everywhere now. And I think that's great because people are less lonely in communities. They can, they can achieve much more. The sad thing, though, is that community professionals, the ones that are building and managing communities, still struggle quite a bit. They have no access to proper training. They struggle to prove the value of, the, of their work. And ironically, it's a job that's quite lonely. The experience that I've made is that If you talk about what you're doing, your successes and your failures, you will find support. So that's why I started this podcast, in order to encourage my fellow community builders, and there are so many of you. This first episode is going to be about networking events for community professionals. There was a lucky coincidence that I went to CMX Summit last week, which is the biggest networking event for community professionals. It took place in Redwood City, Silicon Valley, California. And about 1,000 community professionals joined the event. I went to the summit with the idea of this podcast and I thought this is a really good opportunity to get in touch with some people who might want to appear on this podcast. So I asked around and I found three amazing individuals to speak to me about networking events and CMX Summit on the podcast. 
I spoke to Andrew Thomas, who is the lead community manager of Northwestern Mutual. They do insurance, investment and financial planning, and he's based in New York. Then I spoke to Lisa Kahn, who's the co-founder and CEO of Icebreaker, a technology platform for online networking one-on-one. -on -one. And Jamie Johnson from Scotland, who's a community manager for Tesco Bank. We spoke about why networking events like CMX Summit are useful and important for community professionals like us. And we also exchanged some tips for the more introverted individuals who don't like to mingle with many people. I am here at CMX Summit with Andrew and Lisa. And we want to talk about the importance of networking events. So I'm going to start with Andrew. And Andrew, could you please introduce yourself briefly? Yeah, sure. Um, so my name is Andrew Thomas. I am uh, the lead community manager at Northwestern Mutual. Um, and I'm based out of New York. I grew up near Boston, Massachusetts. I'm a huge Patriots fan. Uh, I studied art in college, um, and uh, after that, I did not know what I wanted to do with my life. Um, so I was uh, working as a, um, a customer service agent for various things, um, and then also I was teaching myself 3D modeling um, and doing motion graphics projects and, and kind of anything that I could to build myself up that way. Um, and eventually I discovered 3D printing uh, and got a job at a company called Shapeways um, where I was for five years um, and I moved from customer service uh, to community management, um, working with artists and designers and entrepreneurs. And then um, about a year ago or a year and a half ago, I left um, and started a community team at Northwestern Mutual. Um, and so right now I'm building a community uh, A community for uh, technology customer success um, to help our field of financial representatives and their staff. Awesome. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. So let's get on and talk about CMX Summit. Why are you here on CMX Summit? Uh, I'm here to meet cool people and, and network um, and hopefully pick up some, some interesting trends that are going on in the industry and, and uh, you know, different tools that we can use to our community and, and um, you know show our value to the rest of the organization awesome. and this is your first time on the summit this is my second CMX summit um, I went to whatever the last one was in Brooklyn maybe like two two or three years ago um, and yeah it was great this one this one's much bigger yeah. uh, so that's really cool it's, it's been fun to see CMX grow and develop. Um, have you been to other networking events like this or smaller? Um, yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm in addition to uh, doing my role at um, NM, I'm also a CMX Connect host for New York. Um, and I try to do events uh, locally in the area. Um, so the last one we had, we had a uh, David Spinks and Savannah Peterson, who are both here. Um, this probably won't come out in time, but we're doing one next week on September 11th, so people should know about that. Um, and then 
Um, on the side, I, I'm really involved in the game design scene in New York and run a, a Discord channel for New York game devs. Um, and we host some events through that, too. Awesome. Um, why do you think community professionals should go to networking events like this? I think a couple of reasons. I think, yeah, to, to learn and gain insights. Um, but also, it's kind of a contradiction, I guess. But I think community management can be really lonely. And it's good to uh, meet other people that are you know, dealing with the same problems that you are and kind of struggling with the same things or just, um, you know, who understand the, how, uh, how hard it is and, and how much work you have to put into it. Um, and I think that that's, that's one of the things that I get the most out of it is just realizing that everyone's challenged by the same stuff. Um, how did meeting other community professionals change your day-to-day -day life? Um, that's a good question. I think it's hard to say if it's changed my day-to-day -day life unless I like work day-to-day -day with them um, so I do work with yeah, some other community professionals um, I, but I think it yeah it, it just gives you gives you a sense that like you know nothing is happening in a silo and that there's communities that are connected to communities and connected to communities and and all of these different networks are important and and impactful So yeah, I've been involved with like very, very small communities and, you know, with like tens of people and really large ones with tens of thousands of people. Um, and so I, I think it's just been, it's cool to see that, you know, we talk a lot about scale and size at events like these, but, you know, a, a good community always has an impact on people. And that's what's meaningful, I think. Cool. And last question. Do you have recommendations for more introverted people who don't like to mingle with many people? <laughs> so I am not an introvert. Um, my Myers-Briggs is ENFP. And uh, and I, I understand two things about introverts versus extroverts, I think. So the first one is that introverts, to my understanding, like extroverts are energized by social interaction. Whereas introverts, it can feel taxing to them. Not to say that they don't value those things. Um, and I, I, my understanding is that ENFPs also feel taxed by, eventually, like that you might get a burst of energy. But like after this event on Saturday, I, like, I need to go hiking and not talk to anyone. Um, so like I think that's an important thing is just like remember that you have to give yourself downtime. Um, I think that one of the things that like I need to do better at like really internalizing and remembering is that um, introverts often I think enjoy lots of structure and so if you're building a community like throwing someone into a room of random people and saying make friends is like, actually really exciting for me I'm just like cool I'll walk up to people and like say something silly and like if it doesn't work I don't care um, but that can be intimidating for other people and so remembering that at least half of your community like will really value some structure and, and, you know, if that's like icebreakers, if that's name tags, if that's, you know, introductions or like, you know, introducing people to one another, um, 
those kinds of things are really, yeah, those, those things help people. I think I, Tim Ferriss talks a lot about, like, as an introvert, what he needs to do to, like, prime himself for um, social interactions and stuff like that. And I've, I've been learning a lot through that because I, I mean, he's, like, a very accomplished um, person and, you know, he's always doing podcasts. He's always, like, producing content and stuff like that. And so it's interesting to see. He's like, yeah, this is, this is what I have to do because it's not, like, at base level, natural isn't the right word, but, like, at base level, he has to do extra, some more work to prepare himself for those things. Yeah. Awesome. That sounds like your connect events will be, like, very well structured so that also the introverts have fun <laughs> participating. I definitely struggle with that. I'm, like, I'm, I'm always, like, oh, I just want it to be chaos. But, um, yeah, I don't know that that's... That I, I, I try to remember, like, yeah, let's set an agenda, okay. share it with people, share the questions with the, the speakers, and then, and then, like, for fun, sometimes I'll be, like, I'm going to have a bonus question for you that I'm not going to tell you what it is and, and yeah. keep it keep it fresh um but yeah yeah try to structure it so that it there's something for everyone and that everyone feels comfortable awesome thank you so much and i'm glad to have you on the connect hosts team i'm also a connect host in leipzig yeah. <laughs> so yeah, cool my pleasure. then uh let's continue with lisa the same questions for you Great. <laughs> give us a brief introduction about yourself Yeah, I'm Lisa Khan. I'm the co-founder and COO of a new technology company called Icebreaker. My background is in community organizing. My roots are sort of in the political world. Um, so I learned about community organizing on the Obama campaign. I worked on a number of other political campaigns and for issue advocacy. Um, and uh, then I sort of transitioned into technology in 2015. I was working um, at MIT on a project with Twitter where I was analyzing Twitter data about the 2016 presidential election in the U.S. Um, I discovered in many ways that there are actually downsides to community, that sometimes membership to community can pull people apart, um, and that technology makes it easier and easier to find the people who are just like you, and when you do that, you're given this false sense that everyone's just like you, and you're not forced to interact with people who disagree with you. Um, and so when I was working with Twitter, analyzing Twitter data about 2016, the picture was crystal clear that while community is powerful and important and necessary to decrease loneliness and give people a sense of identity, and while technology certain helps, certainly helps accelerate people's access to community, um, there are also downsides that we must mitigate and understand. And so I then joined Facebook, where I was for a couple of years leading their efforts on depolarization and common ground, uh, which very much was around how do we build inclusive communities and build a better technology platform that incentivizes good humanizing behavior um, and disincentivizes extremist behaviors and behaviors that sort of dehumanize people who are different than you. Um, and in the fall of last year, I left Facebook and started a new company called Icebreaker, uh, where I've been since then. Icebreaker is a new kind of online event that actually allows groups of people that can't meet in person regularly to have meaningful conversations and build real relationships, have important, have important conversations about important topics, um, and increase their loyalty to each other and to the community that they're a part of. Awesome. That leads right to my next question. Um, why are you on CMX Summit? It's amazing to me that CMX is probably the only community for community managers. There are other sub-communities that are regional, and there are certainly um, you know, more and more connections that are being made, but 
CMX is the first and the biggest and the best convening for this very important role that people play. Um, and our product is designed for the very people that are here. And so I wanted to come and build relationships, get to know members of this community, understand really what the job is and what the language is and what the challenges are, translate my experience in political community management, which is similar but not the same, to the experiences of the community managers that are here. Um, we also have hosted icebreakers prior to CMX, um, and a number of, of uh, folks from this community were able to connect even prior to stepping foot in the conference, uh, and so I wanted to meet the people that I connected with on Icebreaker, uh, which is another reason that I'm here. Yeah, I was one of those people <laughs> being on the Icebreaker session nice um, and is this your first time at the CMX Summit it is I almost went last year but last minute I couldn't go it was in LA last year um, so I've been wanting to go for some time and I'm really happy that I'm able to be here this time cool yeah it's my first time too <laughs> so have you been to other networking events like the summit or smaller than that Yeah, I've been to a lot of conferences. Um, I've been to a number of political conferences, a lot of women in tech conferences. I was, I'm part of the Forbes 30 Under 30 community, and so I've gone to those summits. Um, and oftentimes, conferences, they're interesting because I think they're often kind of, the, there's this framing that it's about learning or about seeing speakers, but that's really just a cover for meeting people. At the end of the day, the best part of conferences, what's most memorable always, are the connections you make in the hallway, the people you talk to over a drink or over breakfast or, you know, um, while, while getting a coffee. And, you know, it, it's sort of interesting that you go to these conferences to see speakers, but you can see those speakers on YouTube most of the time, right? Mm -hmm. The thing you cannot do from your house is meet with people face-to-face -face and make meaningful connections. So I tend to love conferences and, and convenings for that reason, for the networking. I think it's more important than the learning. Although the learning is what gets you to sign up and what gets those interesting people in the door. Yeah. Cool. Um, I think you already answered my next question, which is why do you think community professionals should go to networking events like this? And do you have anything to add? Yeah, I do yeah. actually. You know, I think that... Um, We were speaking earlier, and you mentioned that 10 years ago, you didn't know that community was a field and that community management was a job that existed. Uh, and I think that that's true for a lot of people. And so one of our responsibilities as community builders is to create a known industry out of community. So just as we know what marketing is and we know what finance is and we know what sales is and we know what customer success is, those things are all part of teams. I think we need to create the expectation and the assumption that every company, every organization will have a head of community. Um, you know, and this is really important, not just for business outcomes and not just for people like us to have jobs that we love and not just for people in communities to feel like they're a part of something. But I actually think it's sort of a responsibility that we have to make the world a better place. You know, there's a lot of academics that track the decline of community that's been Uh, happening for the last 50 plus years. There's a professor out of Harvard named Robert Putnam who wrote a book called Bowling Alone. And in the year 2000 is when he really first started to notice that for the 50 years prior, people's membership to community, be it their local um, neighborhood association or their local bowling league or their church, has drastically declined. And alongside that decline in membership to community, we've also seen other trends. We've seen a rise in loneliness, which is at sort of epidemic heights at this point. We've seen a rise in hostility and polarization. We've seen a rise in lack of trust in others and institutions. And so membership to community gives people that human um, 
that, that human feeling of belonging that we all crave and a sense of identity and group membership. And so uh, the more communities that we can give people, the more communities that exist, the more opportunities there are for people to feel that sense of connection, belonging, understanding, identity support that will kind of reverse these trends of loneliness and hostility and and polarization, extremism, lack of trust, etc. So um, I think people have to come to these conferences to give them credibility uh, and to help solidify the reality that there is a very important trend happening in the world, which is that community is being recognized as critical. Uh, And so the more of us that come, the more of us there are, and the more serious and credible and understood this industry becomes. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, and, and I also think that community managers have to be very brave people because you you most of the time, as Andrew also said, you're alone. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so it's good to have the support mm-hmm. in a network like this. Mm-hmm. Right, next question. Um, how did meeting other community professionals change your day-to-day life, maybe not just in work, but also maybe your private life? I'm planning a wedding right now. Mm-hmm. I'm getting married. By the time this podcast comes out, I will probably be a married lady. But my wedding is in 29 days from the date of our recording. And it's been really interesting. I think my work in community has actually really informed how I, um, how I treat the act of marriage and how I treat the wedding and how I treat the people in my life. Um, I think that, you know, learning more about community has made me choose to have a really small wedding and has made me choose to have just various things around the structure of the wedding. And most importantly, it has grounded me in what's really important. You know, I think it is a stereotype that the bridezilla stereotype that brides obsess over every little detail. And I certainly have that um, predisposition. But because of interacting every day with community leaders, I'm realizing that it really does not matter the space that we're in or the flowers that are around. Yes, that can set a tone and make people feel comfortable, but ultimately being together, sharing an experience, building relationships between people that are in my community but don't know each other is so much more important than the food or the music. And so it's actually made my day-to-day in a pretty stressful time um, so much more grounded and present because I'm able to focus on what matters, which is that I am building a lasting community by connecting the people I know and love to each other. Awesome. I had a small wedding at the beginning of this year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How small? 12 people. Okay, that's small. I'm, I'm 90, but that's, that's you know, I had to make some tough cuts. <laughs> yeah, well, we did it last minute and only told people maybe a week and a half before. Congratulations. Thank you. Okay, and then let's get on to, your, to our last question. Uh, do you have recommendations for more introverted people who don't like to mingle with many people on such a big event like CMX Summit? So I am one of those people. I am very social and I present as an extrovert, but I get very overwhelmed and exhausted in large groups of people. Um, so I think the first thing is to sort of know your purpose, know why you're there and what you're trying to accomplish and who you want to meet. I think what can feel overwhelming is the number of people there are to meet and the number of opportunities there are. And if you know, today I'm here to meet other women in community, right? And it's about, you know, I'm trying to understand what my role as a woman is in this space. And that's who you focus on. That's your goal. That's your target. If your goal is to understand people who are global, people who are, you know, from a different part of the world than you are, you know, that that can really focus your um, your energy at, a, at an overwhelming event like this. I think the other thing is to listen to yourself. If you start to feel overwhelmed, just go somewhere quiet take a walk by yourself outside 
Um, at, at this particular conference, I have a couple of times had to give myself a time out, and I've gone to the bleacher part of the um, of the theater, and I've just sat there for ten minutes and just meditated a little bit and re-energized, and then left and gone back to talk to people. I think the third thing is that it's really nice to invest in building some relationships prior to attending the conference so you don't feel totally alone. Icebreaker, my, my product is really great for this. You can make a few friends. So you see a familiar face, which is for introverts, I think a little bit less overwhelming. Um, but also if you're, if the networking event has a Facebook group or an app where you can see who's going to be there, just chat with some people. So you have a few comfortable, familiar friends to lean on when feeling overwhelmed by a group of strangers. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking your time to speak to me and let's make this into an awesome podcast. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So, Jamie, give me a brief introduction. Who are you? I'm Jamie Johnston uh, and I live in Scotland. I manage um, a community for Tesco Bank and I'm also a CMX Connect host. So, inviting other community managers and community professionals um, to get together and share best practice. Awesome. And why are you here on CMX Summit? I'm here because it's one of the few dedicated conferences to community management. Um, I also love California, so any excuse to come here. Um, and then becoming a CMX Connect host this year, it was an opportunity to meet other people that are involved in that and the people that are running it as well. Um, is this your first time at the CMX Summit? It's definitely my first time at the CMX Summit. Um, as I say, I've not really been to any other dedicated community conferences. So I've been to the odd thing in the UK, um, but not purely about community management. Okay, you kind of uh, already answered my next questions because it was, have you been to other networking events? Do you have anything to add? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I have been to other networking events. So uh, my company is a customer of Coros, which was Lithium, and they're very good at community management. Um, they really encourage their customers. And actually, they've supported me with the events before I joined CMX. Uh, and that's kind of why I joined CMX, was because the conflict of interest started to develop, just in terms of them helping me financially, so getting a venue, getting a speaker, that type of thing. Um, as a customer of theirs, I kind of wanted to distance myself from it. But they're very good at putting on events and they supported me. They were coming from the right place. Um, and their own conferences in London, went to some other ones um, in Stockholm. Uh, and as I say, it was one of the few conferences where they were talking about community and getting other community managers together. Awesome. And why do you think community professionals should go to networking events like this? I think it's pretty clear that community managers are quite often in a team of one. It's not always the case, but it's pretty normal. Or at least they started as a team of one. Um, they tend to wear a lot of hats, do a lot of different things. Um, so that be, can be quite isolating. And also, certainly where I come from in the United Kingdom more widely, I'm generalizing here quite massively, but it's still quite niche. Um, still not fully understood, I think. So even though we have a community at our bank, you know, people don't really know what to do with it. Um, they're nervous about it. 
when I say when someone says you know this is the community manager I can tell from the way that I'm introduced or brought into a conversation that they don't really know what that means so I think you know that can wear on you as an individual as well where you maybe start to lose faith a little bit um, and it's also a, it's a it's quite mentally draining to consistently have to sort of justify not necessarily justify but there's an element of that but to talk about who you are and what you do and why it's important um, especially so coming to somewhere like this where yeah we've got about a thousand other community professionals and just immediately they all know and they all get it so you can move beyond that and it's very reassuring to hear the same stories from other people but more than that you can then really start to get inspired again about what you could do um, with your community and of course every community is on a curve um, so you might feel like you're right at the bottom and you might not even know what the top looks like so coming somewhere like this you can see that curve you know kind of end to end just about and you're not at the bottom um, you know if you're doing it and you're running a community however small then you're on that curve somewhere so yeah you get a lot of reassurance um, and a lot of inspiration to get on and do something more interesting with it Yeah, that sounds awesome. I love CMAX Summit. Um, how did meeting other community professionals change your day-to-day -day life? Not even, maybe not even just in business, but also you as a person. Yeah, I think uh, so. I'm quite interested in the sort of career aspect of community management. So, so we said there before, like you, there's lots of different hats that a community manager wears. For a business that has community associated with it, there's a million different ways that you could apply it or move it um, into different areas of the business. So there's quite a lot to to learn, and I think there's something aspirational about being somewhere like this, where it might be that you meet somebody as a community manager who's working in a different sector um, or in a different type of organization. There's a lot of startup and entrepreneurs around that are doing very interesting things. So I think it allows you to kind of see the art of the possible, which comes back to, again, being inspired and motivated to, to do something. So I think the networking part allows you to um, change your... And I've just come from one of the many great uh, presentations, but it was about social capital, um, so being at somewhere like this, you can really increase your social capital. Um, I'm not going to get into all the technical details of what that means, but in terms of your network, people that are closest to you and that you see regularly, you get into that group mindset a little bit, which becomes limiting, um, and it, it can change your thinking about what is possible. So coming out somewhere like this, with all the various types of people that are here, suddenly those networks are kind of uh, multiplied And then those, I think, are where you're going to get your opportunities. And I think for businesses, that doesn't mean that I'm going to go away and get a job with somebody else necessarily, because actually at the moment, it's just given me a ton of ideas about what we could do with the community that we've got. And if you're successful with it, yeah, maybe an opportunity will come to move somewhere else, but you will have made your community successful for the brand that you're working for in the meantime. So very valuable, I see it. Sounds very empowering. So we're on to the last question already. Um, so looking at an event like this with thousands of attendants, um, do you have recommendations for more introverted people who don't like to mingle with as many people? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I probably am an introvert. Um, so I 
I'm very comfortable, you know, travelling and being in different places, but I'm not particularly extroverted when it comes to meeting people. Um, so it can be daunting. I mean, I, I do know this part of the world, which helps maybe a little bit, but actually I think because of the like-mindedness of people around the jobs that we're doing, it's been pretty easy. I have to say, maybe it's my mindset a little bit coming here, but I've found it much easier to meet people and talk to people than I have at any other conference I've been to. So quite often, you know, you like the idea of a conference, you book it three months, six months in advance, then it gets close and you're like, I really don't want to go to that conference now, you know, I can't be bothered. Yeah. For whatever reason, you know, life takes over. So you go, but actually you're kind of waiting for it to finish a little bit. You've got typical keynote speeches where there's little... Um, debate maybe or, or discussion whereas I find here there's pretty good balance around that and people seem very approachable um, in saying that there's been some good little things that CMX have done I think which has helped with that um, the icebreaker I found really good which was this online chat initially moving into one one-on-one um, discussion video discussion um, for five minutes and actually, I'm really keen to, to use that now um, with the Connect stuff because it really helped just give you... And I did it, so I think I probably did five of those, you know, in an hour. So five five-minute conversations. But that gave me... I've not seen them all, but I think I've seen three of them. And immediately it was like, oh, I recognise that face. Like me. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, you and Kier and, um, you know, there's a few people there and I've... I've not spent like two days with them. I haven't spent two days with you, but we've probably had, you know, a few conversations, same yeah. with Kier. And actually that gives you a little bit of energy to then, you know, go off and do something. Whereas I find at other conferences, especially if you know someone else that's there or you meet somebody, yeah. they tend to latch on to each other. And then actually you don't, you're not really getting the best out of the rest of the event. Whereas here I've been quite comfortable to see somebody, chat to them, maybe sit through a thing together, mm. but then, you know, go off and, and explore something else and you kind of know you're going to run into them again so been really positive I have to say yeah cool yeah um, speaking of icebreaker I interviewed Lisa yesterday oh nice uh, who's uh, from the icebreaker and yeah I, I was on an icebreaker session and I think it's a great way for more introverted people to, to prepare themselves for um, a conference I agree cool Right, and that's it. Okay, <laughs> Thank you great. so much for taking part in the podcast. And um, hopefully, see everyone at CMX Connect next year. Yeah, and now we're going to enjoy the rest of the summit. Cool. So that's it. The first episode of this podcast is finished. I am incredibly thankful to everyone who contributed to this episode, and to all of you who are listening to this. If you want to know more about the networking events that have been mentioned in this episode or about Jamie, Andrew and Lisa, I will share the information in the show notes. Also, let me know what you think. How did you like this episode? Do you have any suggestions or questions? The easiest way to get in touch with me is probably via Twitter. My Twitter handle is my name, at Denise underscore Henkel, H-E-N-K-E-L. And if you want to be featured on this podcast, please do reach out to me. I'm happy about everyone who wants to contribute in making the world a more connected place.